And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. In this exclusive interview, we explore Dr. Nina Cash's extraordinary transition from a distinguished career in education to the unpredictable world of modeling at the age of 57, from a memorable New Year's Eve declaration in Australia to embracing her natural gray and navigating societal expectations of beauty, Nina shares profound insights. With a background in human services, negotiation, and conflict resolution, she discusses leveraging these skills in her new role as a model and aims to make a lasting impact on an industry often fixated on youthfulness. In this conversation, Nina shares valuable advice for women of all ages. Thank you so much, Dr. Nina Cash, for joining me here and aware now to share this space and to share your story. Thank you. And thank you for having me. This is a treat. It really is. Thank you so much. It's my great pleasure. So let's get right into it here. Reflecting on your diverse career in education and workforce development, how did your professional background prepare you for the rather unexpected journey into modeling at the age of 57, particularly in an industry that often emphasizes youthfulness? Oh gosh, Ellie, thank you so much for asking this question. So, you know, my background is in uh, education and workforce development, about 35 plus years. Uh, but my focus was actually returning adult students. So, or, um, or folks that were changing careers. So the average age of my students or the folks that I worked with were about 40, 45 and up. So I'm sort of practicing what I preached all those years. In fact, when I look back a little sidebar, I was like 20, 25, 26 when I was working with, you know, 50 year old career changers and I'm starting my new career and I'm trying to help them navigate, you know, mid career, but that's a whole other story. Anyways, um, so having about 35 years of, you know, working with folks who wanted to either get their master's degree or their doctorate, or even just go back to complete their bachelor's degree, you know, I found, I found myself, I don't want to say hand-holding, but I felt, I, I felt that I was really helping them navigate this uncertainty, right? Because there was that old saying, um, too young to retire, too old to rehire. Right. And so we had to get these folks out of this mindset of that they're too old to do something else. And so when I had this wonderful opportunity to kind of do an early retirement, I retired um, at 56. Um, I thought to myself, you know, I yes, I'm retiring from the university and that whole kind of education world, but I not retiring from life. I still want to do something can contribute. And little did I know that my encore career <laughs> would be this wonderful journey of modeling and then being a bikini model, <laughs> which again, this is something that I would have never imagined, but I'm embracing this, right? I'm, I am walking the walk, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the walk that I did. So, yeah. 
Yeah. It's just, it's, it's an incredible story. So let's fill us in on the details now, yeah. because let's go back in time. We're going to go back to December 31st, 2022, when you uh-huh. were in Australia with your husband, Aaron, in your words, and I love these words that you used, hey, not bad for a 56-year-old broad who just retired. I'm going to apply for Sports Illustrated. Okay, will you please describe the photo that you were referencing? And more about that moment in general. Oh, sure. So I I have to kind of set this up. Then you'll understand like the the photo and all that good stuff. So um, I grew up in a Filipino uh, Catholic military family and I'm the youngest. Um, And so I was very, I grew up in, you know, my parents were awesome. They supported us in everything, but I was more modest and more reserved. So if I were to wear a bathing suit, it definitely would not be a two piece it would be a one piece, right? And probably covered head to toe, but that's a whole other story. In my moo-moo, okay, in my moo-moo. But, um, <laughs> so um, my husband's Australian and we hadn't been back to Australia in probably three years because of the pandemic. So we decided to go there for a good month and a half around the holidays to visit my mother-in-law and our family. Well, I forgot to bring my one piece bathing suit. Well, because it's their summertime and the heat of the summertime, every suit that was in my size was nowhere to be found. The only one that was left at the local mall at the Kmart was a two-piece leopard skin bikini, okay? And I was dying. It was kind of like this joke because my husband knows that I'm so reserved. Well, my husband and I, whenever we go to the beach, we would go early in the morning, like as soon as the sun would come up. So it was early morning, like 6 a.m. No one's really on the beach. So I thought, I'll get the suit. It's only my husband and maybe a couple of early walkers, right? So uh, New Year's Day, you know, we're early morning on the beach. It's beautiful. We're walking. My husband takes just some candid shots, um, nothing major. You know, the, the, the waves are splashing at me. I, I'm looking ridiculous. And so uh, that evening, um, when we all settled down after dinner, we're scrolling through his phone and the photos of me in my bikini come up. And I'm like, hey, and he's like, hey, honey. And I'm like, hey. this lady here is retired she got gray hair but hey she's not dead um and we started joking around and then i recalled kathy jacobs beautiful kathy jacobs she won the um swimsuit search i think three years ago at the age of 57 and i remember seeing that on the news so I said to my husband kind of jokingly, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply for Sports Illustrated, hey, thinking, Allie, that, listen, it was the end of the year. The application period clearly was over. It was the end of the year. So I went ahead and I looked up online, just kind of going through these motions, and I was shocked to learn that they had extended the deadline to January 1st in America. Well, Australia's a day ahead. And so when I was looking at the deadline, I literally had about an hour to cobble together a video, okay, and put these non-professional photos of me in this bikini and not very pretty poses because, you know, the waves are coming up. I'm like, like this. And for some reason, MJ and the swimsuit family said, hey, you know what? She's got something here. We're going to invite her to be, you know, in our top 24, and then we're going to give her an interview. (laughs) And that's how it started. 
Oh my goodness. And I love, I love that. How, how wild with the extension of the deadline. Like what and what and what time is it? Yeah. And that, you know, a nail biter because my mother-in-law's internet was slow as molasses. So I'm trying to upload this, this video, but I'm a firm believer in, you know, God and the universe has lots of plans for you. And there's no mistakes. I call them God winks. So, you know, God's always winking at you because he's got a little plan for you. So I am a firm believer that that was a God wink for me. Yes, that definitely was a <laughs> winkable moment. I, <laughs> um, you know, so, so, the, so the fact of the matter is that um, having started going gray at 26, mm-hmm. yeah. you made a decision to embrace your natural beauty. Yeah. Has your personal journey with self-image and beauty evolved over the years? And I guess what what advice do you have for others who are struggling with societal expectations of parents? Yeah. So that that's you know has always been not something that I've struggled with, but certainly aware of because. Um, you know, I started going gray at 26 when I was pregnant with my daughter. And of course, back then, this was 1992. You know, you don't have gray hair at, you know, being a 26-year-old. So I continued to dye my hair um, like many people do. And there's really nothing wrong with dyeing your hair. I mean, embrace who you are. That's what I always say. Do you. Don't do. Don't change yourself because you want to be another person. But um, it was around the pandemic in 2020 when uh, I started to work from home because, you know, we all had to work from home and about 10 years prior to that i wanted to start going gray but then i thought no i i don't want to do that because i'm in this education world and it's like i don't want to you know it's just i don't want to say politics but there's all these things that go along with you know a woman in higher education turning gray that's a whole other story i talk about um but so i instead of dyeing my hair brown dark brown i started to highlight my hair so that i didn't have to go through um you know dyeing it all the time so that my gray roots were kind of blending with my the highlight so to speak then i just got tired of it Allie. 2020 hit i was at home and i'm like what am i doing what kind of chemicals i'm putting in my hair what is happening and i just said i'm done and i just started to let it go and i have been so happy you know some people have said girl you don't look like you're old. You shouldn't, you should dye your hair. And then other people are like, girl, more power to you. So I'm doing me. I'm embracing it. I, you know, I, I've gone gray and I can still slay. Th- this is what I'm all about now. So for those who are struggling with society and um, society's expectation, realize that these are, I guess, how can I explain this? People have a life lens, right? And people have a life lens based on their life experience. So it's going to be shaped on how they view the world. And, you know, maybe my perception or what I'm viewing is one way and your view, Allie, is another way. So I'm telling people that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You get to decide what beauty is for yourself. You have your lens to look through, right? And for me, I'm hoping that through Sports Illustrated and the lovely generosity of having this platform now, that I can somehow spark 
something in these life lenses that causes a prism of beautiful colors and a kaleidoscope to get rid of this gray cookie cutter view of what society has talked about for decades of what beauty is. Uh, yeah, that's so your journey includes a background in human services, negotiation, conflict resolution, and peace building. How are you planning on leveraging some of those skills and experiences in your role as as a model? And I guess what impact, I mean, you already just spoke to it, I suppose, but what impact um, you hope to have um, in the, well, in society, but in the industry, what industry changes would you like to see happen here? I think uh, the industry is changing, right, for the better. I think people on set are kinder. I think people on set are more um, patient. Um, you know, I, I modeled for briefly uh, right out of high school, and I and it was a little bit different than just, um, yeah, just the atmosphere and different things and how people treated each other. And I, you know, I'm finding that now people are kinder. I'm I'm hoping that I continue I can continue that trend of you know I've been accused of being too kind. Okay, I've been accused of being too happy and too kind in my previous jobs. Uh, oh my. <laughs> and my positivity is annoying. Uh, yes, that has been said to me. But I would rather <laughs> be that than the opposite, right? And I think. You know, right now, a lot of people are looking at intent, you know, someone's intent rather than the words. And I'm hoping to expand on that in this industry. And, and let me clarify a little bit more. I think people um, who are on the receiving end of certain words from the giver, again, based on their life experience, are going to take it a certain way. Yeah. But we also have to look at the person who is saying those words and their intent because if their intent is coming from a place of kindness and goodness then what's wrong with that like let me give you just a concrete example uh, a year and a half ago was around the holidays and um i wish somebody merry christmas i grew up catholic i said merry christmas and this person said you know oh it's it's hanukkah and they were kind of saying like why are you just saying merry christmas well, for me, it's like my Jewish friends, I celebrate Hanukkah too. If it's coming from a good place, if you want to wish me happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year, whatever, happy Boxing Day, I'm going to take it because it comes from a good place. Right. I'm not going to flip it and take it from a place that I'm putting you down because I'm not saying whatever, you know, I don't, um, for some reason, if I say this, I'm not aligning with your beliefs. It has nothing to do with that. Let's look at the intent. So I'm seeing that on the set now. I really am. And it's it's encouraging. It really is. I'm happy about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. To be more tethered to the intention of things as opposed to, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, in your, your statement, you made a statement about achieving dreams at any age. You mentioned the importance of timing and life yeah. experiences. Can you elaborate on, like you share with us, a specific life lesson or experience that you believe has been crucial in shaping who you are today? Yeah, so there's, there's been a few. I've been very fortunate to have, you know, wonderful, wonderful parents who have just been um, 
just they they were such wonderful role models and the things that they've gone through as you know um, minorities you know in America because they were born in 1922 and 23 and my dad was an immigrant from the Philippines I mean certainly they gone they went through a lot um I, I mean I would like to share two things with you if you don't mind Ali one is um you know, my dad served in uh, World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. And prior to World War II, he um, was a guerrilla in the jungles of the Philippines. Sadly, they had a, there was a conflict between the Japanese and the and the Filipinos. And my dad was about 16 years old. And uh, one day, he was called to his commander's hut in, in the jungles in the PI, and uh, where he met his commander. And then there was a Japanese soldier who was now a prisoner of war and who was just around the same age as my father. And so the order from the commander to my father was to kill this Japanese prisoner of war. So the commander left and now my dad is left with a Japanese soldier who is the same age as my dad. They're, they're kids. And I remember my dad telling me this story how, you know, he thought about their lives ahead of them and what he aspired to do and and this person this japanese soldier didn't pose any threat to him at all so my dad let that soldier go and my dad shot up in the air and let the soldier run into the jungle so fast forward to two weeks later my dad and a couple of his friends um philippine soldiers were captured by the japanese and uh were going to be lined up to be executed right because that's kind of exactly what they did. And so who comes out to execute them? But the person, this is why I talk about God winks and this is why I get chills when I talk about this, but it's true. So the person that my dad let go. And so guys saw my dad, let my dad go. And then my dad ran in the jungles, but you know, my dad heard two gunshots. And so his, his fellow Philippine soldiers didn't make it. But, um, so that had a, profound effect on me um, when I heard about these stories. Certainly, my dad didn't talk about these stories with me and my sister as much as he did with my older brothers, right? Um, but that story really had an impact on, you know, kindness and, and I don't know, and God winks and coincidences and different things that had me really think about all of that. And as I got older, it's, it had, it's had even more of an impact because I, now I know the the gravity of war. When I was younger, I, I didn't, to be honest with you, because I was too young, I didn't really understand all of it. But as I got older, now it's, it's a really big impact. And then also the other story um, is my mom. So, um, you know, at a young age, she always talked about just being kind and accepting people for who they are and not the color of their skin and, and not um, so much their outer appearance, where they live, what house they have, the car they drive, but who they are as human beings. And one of the lovely poems that she would read to me um, was made famous by Audrey Hepburn, but it was written by Sam Levinson, who was an American writer, um, who's a teacher, who's I think a host and also a journalist. But it's the one that starts out with, for attractive lips, speak words of kindness, for lovely eyes, seek out the good in people. And I have that right here on my wall and it had it in my office at work, I've always had that because it really has impacted me. I don't care how beautiful you are on the outside. If you're ugly on the inside, it's never, never gonna emote. It just won't, right? Um, 
And you know what, isn't it great to give people a piece of your heart and then a piece of your mind at times, right? Yes. I know. Yes. So, yeah. So I would rather be accused of being too kind and too positive than the reverse any day of the year. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, wow, well, what an incredible story about your father and your right man, those winks, right? Yeah. And resilience, you know, it, it, it taught me about resilience too and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, incredible. You know, so looking back, you mentioned that you wouldn't change anything about your life. Yeah. If you could share just one piece of advice with women of all ages based on your own life journey, what would that one piece of advice be? Uh, To embrace it all. Embrace the uncertainty, the fear, the challenges, the growth, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, because there's a reason for everything and i know everybody says kind of cliche but there is a reason for everything because it's setting you up for your destiny or who you are supposed to be and contribute and do in this world and you know embrace those bad things those are those are life lessons you have to learn the lessons you know my mom always said you either get it when you're younger or you get it when you're older but you get it meaning you, you get the good things and you get the bad things. And isn't it wonderful if you get the bad things and you learn from those bad things because then you can so appreciate when things are wonderful. Because then you wouldn't have a reference point, right? If everything is always really good and it's all like, woo-hoo, you know, you're living in, you know, fairy tale land. You'll, you'll never truly appreciate when things are really, really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's, it's such a good point because it's like, um, I mean, for example, living in Michigan, you know, you go outside and it's a beautiful sunny day. You're like, it's amazing. You know, you go to LA and people are like, I say, it's amazing. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it is, it is so true that to go through something then to be able to see Mm -hmm. that level of appreciation that you could not have had, had you not undergone that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I went through a divorce and, um, and so having had that experience, you know, with my husband, we got, well, we've been together now 17 years, we got remarried. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's great. So thank you so much for taking this time to share your stories, to just share a bit of yourself and just for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Allie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.